Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about the Muppets, Golden Girls, and we have part two of our interview with Sam Oakes from the Financial Planner Life podcast. Welcome, my friends, to another episode of The Kindness Project. I'm joined by a girl, a woman, a woman. A girl woman, a woman girl, who like who would like to talk about the Muppets, and um, a man who's told me that his dinner's getting cold, <laughs> and I don't know why because this is a podcast about kindness, but it makes me want to talk really slowly so that his dinner gets gradually colder and colder. I, I can tell you exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what that is, because you just like to annoy me. Well, you know what? I, I think it's that it goes back to that thing we've said on the podcast before us. It's true. You know, when I was a kid, and I had the top bunk in our shared bedroom, yep. and Charlotte's never had to experience this, because she always, she always I had a bunk bed all to myself. And now, a flat paid for by muggings here. Do you know what I mean? No, don't worry about all that business. Um, we, we, um, what Rush used to do, as you know, Charlotte, this is mainly for our new podcast listeners, is just poke me with a, his foot. Uh, and for for the last couple of years, at the very least, and probably for a lot longer, I've got it back. So you were desperate for that top bunk, wouldn't you? I love that top bunk. You've got to go top bunk, can you? Would you? Right, first question of the podcast top bunk or bottom bunk? Go on, Charlotte. Bottom. 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 Yeah. Why? Because if you fall out, you fall fall less far. No, it's, it's a lot more. Fun. It's a lot more fun on the bottom. If you drop something, <laughs> it falls less far. It's less likely to break. All right. If 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 both bunks are empty and nobody's going to be in the other bunk, what one are you going for then? Bottom. I had a bunk bed to myself and I slept in the bottom. You're such a. Oh, such a, yeah. Where's the sense of adventure if in terms I dropped, of going in the top bunk? If I dropped my DS off the top bunk... Why are you dropping your DS off the top bunk? And I used to watch YouTube on that thing, so no. Right. Go on, Rose, what are you going for? Top or bottom bunk? Definitely bum. Oh, God, you two. You're so over-cautious, oh, aren't you? I think you had much more fun in the bum. I was never what worried. What fun are you having in the bottom bunk? Kicking your top bunk. <laughs> Do you reckon it says um, something about personality uh, based on whether you're a top bunker or a bottom bunker? No, you've always annoyed me and I just like getting you back. Well, you've got good lunch, right? <laughs> it's not lunch. I was, I've started having uh, me dinner early, so that... Yeah. What you got for your dinner, Russ? I've got steak kidney food. Okay. okay. Hot. Yeah, hot, obviously. By the time we're finished. Go on. I've got a feeling, Charlotte, this is going to be an extra long podcast, and yeah. What's up at the Muppets? Come on. Last week's was. Huh? Last week's was. Last week's was a bumper one. You know what? We got quite philosophical last week as well, didn't we? About the nature of. Uh, yeah, one seventy. One seventy is over an hour. Yeah, 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 it was good. It was good fun. 
So tell me, tell me what what's going on with the Muppets then, Charlotte? Right. Okay. So, as everyone knows, I think everyone knows, and if you don't, welcome. Uh, I am a massive nerd. Um, I'm also really into TTRPG games like Dungeons and Dragons. So what's happened is I've gotten roped into running a Muppets Dungeons and Dragons game. Go on. Where all of my players play as the Muppets. So what I've been doing uh, to prepare for this game is researching the contents of the Muppet Theatre. Right. Dan? Dan? Sorry, I'm at work filming this at the minute and I need to get Dan's feedback on this idea. Can Charlotte just share you a quick idea? (laughs) Tell me what you think as a fellow geek. Um, So I'm running a game, uh, a D&D game, where uh, all of my players are playing as Muppets, as in actual Muppets characters that already exist. Um, and it's set in the Muppet Theatre. Amazing. <laughs> Dan's not impressed. Dan's not impressed. Um, so I've been doing a full catalogue of what the Muppets keep in their attic. <laughs> right. Okay, so what what is... See you later, Dad. Are you not working hard enough? Because I could never find time for that while I was working under your work. Well, I mean, I started doing it at like 11pm at night. So, like, you know. Right. Maybe Charlotte's just more efficient than you, Rachel. Have you thought about that? Unbelievable. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Um, Right. So, who... Are you going to be the dungeon master? Yes, I'm going to run the game. Uh, we've got Animal, we've got the Swedish Chef, we've got Gonzo, and we've got Rizzo the Rat. <laughs> okay, right. What Muppet most resembles you? Big, Big Bird. Did you say Big Bird? Yeah. Big Bird's not a That's Sesame Street. That's Sesame Street. Yeah, right? Oh, well. Same I sort of know. franchise, different sort of... I don't, I don't, I don't watch either of them. So just out of interest, Russ, what um, what map it would you be? I think we've had I'm, this discussion before. The map that decided to log on here instead of eating his dinner. <laughs> Russell, Russell, the map it. Um, uh, I'd go as a, you know what I'd go as. Um, I'd invent my new map here, food based, as a. Muppet version of an absolutely gorgeous, succulent steak and kidney pie. It used to be. Wait until I'm actually <laughs> running through the microwave. Um, uh, I, that's what I'd go as. You're not using the air fryer, Russ. What's the matter with the air fryer? Absolutely. <laughs> the air fryer, Russ. That really tastes. What are you having with your steak and kidney pie, Russ? <laughs> Well, you have to you want a response to that? Yeah. I can't give you a response to that because I'll have to put a warning on the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Make and time foul language. <laughs> Why? Have you, have you got some sweary food that's going with it then? Or what? What's going on? You're really pushing it today. <laughs> All I wanted right, to do, all I wanted to do was talk about the Muppets attic. <laughs> well, I, I want to I know about this Golden Girls computer game as well. What's oh, going on with that? Okay, so it's fan-based. Um, I completely forgot I'd sent you that link. Um, it's called The Golden Girls Take Manhattan. It's a fan-made game um, based on The Golden Girls and Persona. <laughs> okay. 
a great combination. I've been watching clips of the Golden Girls. I quite like, I the, like Golden Golden Girls. Girls. Yeah. Uh, so I, the, the Golden Girls might win the world's best TV theme tune. You used to sing Thank the... you for being a friend. I don't know about that. The, the little one. Oh, yeah. You know what? Weirdly, you've got... When you were born... I mean, I'm going back quite a long way because you're getting 19 on. 19 years. Um, when, you, when, you were got, when you were born, and uh, I used to sing you... You won't remember this because you're only a baby. At the time, there was a show on telly called Stars in Your Eyes, right? And basically, it was just members of the public who used to go on, um, who used to pretend they were uh, singers, so famous singers. They used to just go on and say, tonight, Matthew, because it was Matthew Kelly, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be this... just trying to think of the guy's name as well. Matthew Kelly. Yeah. Um, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be Dolly Parton, or I'm going to be. I think Russell, you wanted to always wanted wanted to go as Dolly Parton, didn't you? No, no. Chair, yeah. yeah. give us your best. Do you believe in life after love, Russ? <laughs> I think I'll give that a miss. No matter how hard I try, <laughs> keep on pushing me aside. No, what? Um. Right, go on, give us your give us your best high pitched belief, Russ. Go on, we're oh, waiting. No, no. I believe in life after love. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Sorry, I didn't hear you very well. Can you do it again? Got a good genre for me. The no, the microphone. <laughs> well, you better country and western. The microphone heard him well enough. Oh, do you believe? Um, right. So there, there was this, there was this guy. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. I wanted to say Paul Roberson. He was like an old black um, sort of um, uh, like deep south singer. And he used to sing this song called Old Man River, right? Okay. I, I think it's a song from like the 40s or 50s. It's like decades, like sort of decades and decades old. Um, but when you was a kid, because it was on, like, this guy was on Stars and Your Eyes, I think he won it. Um, I used to sing you Old Man River quite a lot. Do you remember that? No, I remember you mentioning it before, but I don't remember that. Yeah, Old Man River. Uh, what did... Well, by the sound of it. <laughs> you know what? My favourite question of the podcast, listeners, if you, if you fancy... Um, uh, fancy getting involved. Well, I've got two. Number one, let's have a little uh, competition to decide how cold Russell's steak and kidney pie is going to be by the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, is it going to be A, hot? I'm going to have to wait here next week now in case we get any answers. <laughs> B, warm. C, cold. Or D, Absolutely blinking freezing. You let us know. I was on a postcard. Um, Did you like his reaction to this bit? Yeah. And and I suppose the second question I've got is who would you impersonate on Stars in Your Eyes? Russ, who would you impersonate? Me, love. Me, love. Who would you impersonate? I reckon you'd make a good Lucy's Bragg and Charlotte. What do you reckon? 
Oh, yeah, I agree. She's got some new music out as well. Mm, yeah, I saw pretty that. Good. It's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, who would, you, who would you go for? I don't know. I don't know. Just don't know. Okay. Who, who would you nominate for me to impersonate? Can I think of what your go-to karaoke song is that you actually nail? Because you always pick Presley, and it never goes well. No, I, th- I used to have a good voice from Presley, but I don't anymore. Did you? Yeah. yeah, I used to. Yeah, not anymore, but but yeah. Sorry? Who's the guy that sung She Said? You know. She said. Yeah. Oh, Plan B. Oh, uh, Plan B. I could see you doing a bit of Plan B. A bit of Plan B, I like it. Um, um, Human by Rag and Bone Man. Always seems to come out of the box on karaoke nights. Yeah. Actually, Ralph's got a bit of rag and bone man about him, hasn't he? <laughs> Not the singer, just he looks like a rag and bone man. Well, um, you know what? Uh, Russ always pulls out like some really obscure like metal He stuff. always goes for Hoosiers, doesn't he? He always goes for the Hoosiers at karaoke. That's what I love, a bit of the Hoosiers. <laughs> right, let's move on because Russ's steak and kidney pie is getting very cold by now. Shall we talk about uh, what... I know I haven't... I'm really sorry. I've been busy this week. I haven't read your article this week. It's I know cool. last week it was about the socks. What is... Uh, I'm going to give this a bit of a new twist on the podcast. What is hot on charlottedames.com? Light bulbs. Light bulbs are hot on charlottedames.com. <laughs> um, are they as hot as Russell's dinner? Light bulbs. Yeah, light bulbs. As in traditional light bulbs or the new kind, the... <laughs> the, the, the start of light bulbs and how they became sort of like you know commercially good stories yeah well give us a light bulb fact um they <laughs> so one of the early people who worked on light bulbs before like thomas edison made it actually like mass producible because obviously there was light bulbs before that they just weren't very one it was no, there was others before that as well. It? Um, one of the people who made light bulbs before that um, used platinum yeah. as the filament. Okay. But it was just too expensive. Yeah. To do they use their tungsten, don't they? It's not. Yeah, it's tungsten not... needs the traditional light bulb. But now all light bulb bulbs are LED, aren't they? LED. Not, it's, it's, more it's more energy efficient. Yeah. Anyway. Let's talk and uh, move on from light bulbs. Have you got any more mugs? Am I going to wait? No, I ran out of mugs. Oh. So I'm open to mugs coming my way. Okay, good shout out. Uh, if you'd like to send Charlotte a mug, uh, write into the following channels on The Kindness Project. Uh, Ola at thekindnessproject.co.uk is the email. Uh, at Ola Kindness is the Twitter. Uh, Facebook is, if you type the kindness project into the search bar, you can't see it, but I'm wiggling my fingers like I'm typing. Uh, it should come up the same for Google. Um, I don't think we have anything else. Um, yeah, uh, there is also an Instagram, so just message me on there. Uh, yeah, we're, we're all available personally on some sort. I've, I've, you know what? I've really gone off social media. Do a bit of LinkedIn, do a bit of Twitter. Nothing else. Not bothered. Uh, you can find oh. me at Charlotte J Dames on Twitter. If yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Fab. And and can I just say the amazing thank you to all of the people who who have um, let me speak at their events. So 
thank you for the guys who came to the book launch a couple of weeks ago. That was amazing. Uh, raised a lot of money for some bright design space. Uh, that was people that come to events. Was you at an event last night? Talking? I wasn't. I was speaking at an event last night. Yeah, I've um, got an email from Mike Brace. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, you need to forward that to me. I'll forward it after the meeting. Babe, Mike Price actually would be an amazing guest for the podcast. I think uh, Raz is looking at me. Raz is looking at me, Charlie. You know why? Why? Because we said we were going to end at 300. And we've maxed out our content now. And, and if we get every guest we booked in, what uh, episode are we on now? We're on 271, we're recording now. Right. And we've got, effectively, enough content to bring us up yep. to 300, haven't we? Yes. Oh, what do we do? Not have, not have this conversation live. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe we do that offline. Mm. Um but my brace might be an interesting one, so we'll we'll talk about um we'll talk about that uh offline. Uh, however, um I, I was speaking at an event last like night. Mike Brace was there, um Paralympic legendary skier, um uh, uh one of the people behind the Paralympics in uh, London in 2012. All around good dude, um, and uh, yeah, just somebody I've I've got to know over the past few years. So uh, love love the fact that that he was there and um, was an active supporter. So brilliant stuff. Sold loads more books, um, raised loads more for St Francis Hospice, and long may it continue. I know it won't. Um, Casey keeps on telling me that this will not last forever, but while it does, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make the most of it. And clearly, if it's anything down, if it's up to Russ, it will not last forever because it will be stopping at number 300. Right, Russ? Well, we could do like some okay. like five years down the line from episode 300, we'll do a celebratory one. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about that, Russ? I don't feel anything about that. Oh, okay. Is that a steak and kidney pie? Can you give me a, a quick steak and kidney pie update? How are we getting on with that, Russ? <laughs> Just touch it a bit and see how warm it is for me. Now I'm recording this, I can't end this conversation, so... <laughs> don't worry, Russ. <laughs> Moving on to kindness news. As long as everyone's ready. No, I need a steak and kidney pie update. <laughs> No, okay. Well, we, why don't we bolt down to the end of kindness news? All right. So you're going to give Breaking me a steak, you're going to give me a steak and kidney pie news at the end of kindness news, yeah? Yes. Bad. Go on, Charlotte. Righto, righto, righto. Turkish Stadium sees teddy bears rain down on field for earthquake victims. In a moment that will bring tears to your eyes and send your jaw to the floor, a packed instant is is. Istanbul Soccer Stadium rained teddy bears down onto the field in donation and support for the children affected by the earthquakes. At the exa exactly the 17th second of the fourth minute of the match, which corresponded to the time of the first earthquake, Besiktas JK supporters threw stuffed animals, scarves and other toys onto the pitch, all of which will be delivered to the children living in the earthquake hit areas uh, with Besiktas Club aid trucks. 
Often soccer fans will celebrate or memorialise world events, tragedies or celebrations when a particular minute arrives on the clock, which corresponds to it. Some of the stuffed animals had cards or notes attached to the outside. The event was organised before the Turkish Super League football match between uh, the two teams and was called This Toy Is My Friend, though other translations have been used. This Toy Is For You, for example. Players applauded the supporters when for a few seconds plush toys fell like rain onto the pitch before the match was paused for a clean-up. The video was tweeted of a few volunteers, players and other stadium staff packing the bears and toys into transport bags. Absolutely love that. And you know what? I mean, if 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 all of this stuff does one thing, it shows you how grateful you need to be for for the life you lead. You know, every life has got um every life has got challenges, but um certainly we can be lucky that we're not waking up one morning and finding that we haven't got Oh heart. yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So so I, I really, really the the outpouring of love and help and kindness to people. Uh, That's what makes me love. We've got cold weather at the moment, and everything grounds to a halt. But we ain't got nothing like other people. Like other people, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so and and actually, Paul from Refugee UK, who we're going to be interviewing. Yeah. Um, in an upcoming in episode, if Russ lets the podcast run that long, um, is going to be a- amazing at sharing some of the stories of uh, Ukraine, Syria, Turkey, and the amazing work that he's doing to support the people who have just effectively um, been left homeless. Um, I I just I finished a really great book. I think Charlotte, you might enjoy this one. Um, called The Beekeeper of Aleppo. I've seen it on uh, on Audible. Yeah, yeah. I well, I, I, I don't, I don't, I tend to, I'm a bit old-fashioned, right? So I tend to pick up a book and just read it. Yeah. So You know what? I'm considering getting a Kindle. I would. Yeah, because yeah, I get I a lot of... for a Kindle, Charlotte. A little bit, yeah. I, I get uh, a lot of... I've got a Kindle. It's yours. Stop sending my family Give stuff. Give me the address. Russell. Russell, just stop getting rid of your old tat. Kindness. Kindness. Well, I only mention it because I get a lot of my um uh textbooks on yeah, it's yours. Amazon Kindle. Uh, you because know it's what, easier really... than getting them delivered. Because <laughs> it's more expensive to get them paperback. So Give me your address, brother. I'll have it sent down for you. You are a legend, Russ. Stop yeah. sending my family stuff. Please. Beekeeper of Aleppo. Oh, if you net Beekeeper of Aleppo, Charlotte, is available for free on Prime Reading at the minute. That's where I got it from. So check that out when Russ will send you his old tat. Um uh, have you but, got another twelve in the drawer then, Russ? So you don't need the one you said. No, that's the only Kindle, but I can read ebooks on me on me remarkable, so have you got a remarkable as well? I have. You don't know this. Have you? I did. I did know this. I've got. I've got a bit of everything. Have you? I just yeah. a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of the other, Raj. Yeah. I've just upgraded our mic equipment as well. So we've, we've got an event coming up. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte, where we're. Uh, what was it called? A gimbal. 
No, it's called uh, Insta360, but it, it's a PTZ camera. Right, okay. Shape, but Basically, it follows you around the room. So if you're, yeah. speaking... oh, I know what kind of camera you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I have been looking, Russ, at the remarkable keyboard. Have you seen that? I haven't seen a remarkable keyboard because I can't be remarkable. I had to take from meeting yesterday and thought, ooh, I could do that keyboard. I could type. I could. Uh, anyway, I don't need it. I can't, so I can't I can't get a remarkable keyboard because I've just splurged on a new ninja, so... <laughs> what, like you're not going to have ninja products? Well, I, I replaced the air fryer last week, and then I see they brought out a new speedy thing. So I, I decided to have my lemons while I was there. You got shares in ninja? No. Every time, every time you go to buy stuff. a Ninja project product, you buy it from Ninja shares. That's what you should do. <laughs> I wish, I wish I did. Um, um, Mate, yeah. we're talking about eBooks. There are some books that I won't buy digital, and that's poetry books. Ah, uh, yeah. Because you keep just... sending me poetry this week, don't you? Have you been reading playing it this week, Charlotte? Because you've had a week of sending me poetry. And then um, Spotify this, songs. I always know when you like when you when you want to connect because you don't just you don't just send me a message going, "Hello, Dad, how are you?" You turn around and go, "Dad, here's this lovely poem." <laughs> Dad, Dad, have a Spotify link to a lovely melancholy song. It reminded me of Alfred Benson, and that's why I sent it to you. Yeah, it, I, I mean, it, it's very melancholy, the song you sent me. They're not a good way to connect, though. Yeah. Amazing way to connect. I love it. He was, he was drunk the other night, and I sent him a poem out of the blue, not knowing he was drunk, and he asked for more. So, when he's drunk, he's not sending him stuff. <laughs> Otherwise, he sends you silly stuff back. I didn't get no silly stuff back. I got twenty one seconds to go. I got twenty. Anyway, um, yeah. So and then we had to. We had, I, was, I was feeling a bit lost, wasn't I? So we had a little bit of a WhatsApp heart to heart, which well, we nice. which we will continue when I'm up in Glasgow on Sunday. That is excellent. I'm really pleased to hear it. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's carry on. Love that story. So anyway, beekeeper of Aleppo. Let me tell you about that. Um, uh, are we done with kindness news? Should we have yeah. a... There's one more, uh, but we can... Uh, do, we'll do one this week. No, we do two. We do two. We've got, we got, we got all the time in the world. We've got no, no rush on anybody. How's your steak and pie? Uh, steak and guinea pie, right? Whoops, I lost the next kindness news story. Guess we'll have to skip it. No, I've, I've got it. Because it's <laughs> in, the, the, the show notes are sent to both of us, so I'll read this one very slowly. <laughs> um, uh, so... Beekeeper of Aleppo, let me tell you about this. So it's a story about um, a guy who got caught in the war. He was in Aleppo, got caught in the war in Syria. Um, uh, the war uh, killed all his, killed his livelihood because all his uh, sort of beekeeping, his beekeeping business got bombed. Um, and then he had to make a treacherous journey, lost his son, had to make a dreadful journey through Europe um, uh, with his wife to meet his cousin who had, who had already got to the UK. Um, a real 
real human story about immigration, right? A real human know. story. Sorry? It's a guy by himself, or...? It was a lady. I think the lady's name is Christine Levdieri who wrote it. Um, but based on... It's not a true story, but based on loads of research yeah. she did whilst working with migrants. And I think particularly... Uh, and again, apologies if you're one of our international listeners, but in the UK at the minute, there's a big debate around um, illegal immigration. Um, and our government is choosing to... And this isn't a political point. This is a point about kindness. Our government are choosing to... Um, choosing to be quite militant when it comes to the rules around... Uh, uh, helping people from other countries uh, based on how they get to the UK. Here's my problem with that. Here's my problem with, and I, you know, whatever your political persuasion, um, uh, I, I'm a centrist, and on some things I go right, and on some things I go left. So I'm, I'm not particularly polarised one way or the other. But I, I am quite liberal when it comes to migration. And the reason being is because if I was one of those people who had locked their home but still wanted to protect their family, I would do anything it took to make sure that me and my family would, say, would be safe. And then I'd try to contribute to the country that I called home. That's, that, that's my personal opinion. Um, so to to treat um, immigrants who, yes, there are some people who are trying to take advantage of the system, but mostly have been in circumstances that we couldn't ever imagine being in, um, uh, in a in a way as poor as we're treating the migrants at the moment. Uh, means that yeah, I just I, I, I don't think it's fair play. Um, yeah. And um, uh, as a wealthy Western country where all the opportunities are laid at our table, we should be doing better. I think it's quite convenient because uh, we had the Windrush when they brought in all the nurses from abroad uh, to more or less store up our NHS, and now it's convenient for them to win votes. But it's the way it looks by 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 doing it. Boris done it with Brexit. And that, actually, the interesting thing is, a lot of people who would say they're kind are quite tough on immigration. Um, but I'd suggest that if we're gonna if if we if we're gonna be in a position where we look at people as people and humans as humans, and all of us just trying our best for our families. Um, I think we need to consider um, how we treat people, regardless of where they're from in the world. What do you think, Charlotte? Yeah, I definitely think that's uh, a valid point, and I definitely think that we should like. You know, I I do have sort of like, you know, when people talk about it, it's like, why? What's there isn't really an issue, you know, like why are you complaining that someone is trying to be safe and it's like well, i mean i mean the issue i think for a lot of people is resources isn't it you know it's like if people are coming to the uk 
are we are we doing enough to make sure that you know everybody's got a doctor everybody's got a teacher everybody gets looked after um and the money we spend looking after um uh immigrants coming into the uk is quite a lot i think currently it's about eight million quid a day um uh but relatively speaking if we look at the general scheme of things as a western society i think we've got an obligation to be a world leader a moral world leader and um uh immigrants coming into the uk are economic net benefit so but they contribute more into the economy that's not quite what they're saying, is it? It's the immigrants that are coming over on the boats. So, yes, yeah, it's the illegal immigrants. But I, I, I don't, I don't. Like... But I think they have a valid point. That if they come into the country through normal means, then they'll be vetted for any criminal records. But the challenge, Russ. Yeah, like I, I think that's, I think that's a fair argument for that. The challenge is. Is there the right? Is there the is there legal means to do it in a way that you know? Can are they allowed to travel? And, and there's there's if some you have a claim. Then you have legal recourse to follow up that claim. You can claim asylum, can't you? Yeah. So so I think part of the problem is is I don't think it's particularly easy to get. Uh, oh no, totally agree. I totally agree. So so I don't know the the um the issue is certainly there's pros and cons for both sides of the argument the bit that i don't like is scare month scare and fear oh, month yeah i totally agree with and because that. that adds no value to the argument at all and welcome to politics now on the kindness project oh, no um uh well uh oh no well um we're gonna move on swiftly from uh politics hour to a new segment Steak and kidney watch. Can we have a new jingle, please, Charlotte? I don't want to. I don't want to be mean to Russell. No, I'm not. I'm just asking you to do a new jingle for steak and kidney watch. I okay. remember this when we have the conversation about three hundred or not. What what kind of vibe are we going for for the new jingle? Reggae. Uh, can't, can't do that. Um. Uh, depressed. Okay, okay. Depressed. <laughs> <laughs> depressed. Steak and kidney watch. <laughs> You're not far off. Steak and kidney watch. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Don't then ask me. How's your steak and kidney pie, Russ? It's lukewarm. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. I'll be revisiting steak and kidney watch later on in the show. Um, on that note. Uh, we're going to skip the other bit of kindness news because I want to be kind to Russ because he does he has got to eat his dinner at some point in the future. I have. Um, uh, why are you putting funny faces, Charlotte? I've got like little indents from like my resting frown. <laughs> why have you got resting frown? Just how my face falls. <laughs> They've got a resting frown. Yeah, but it leaves lines in my face that makes me look a bit like a bulldog. What's my my resting face? Hold on. That's not a resting face. I'm I'm just trying to rest my face. You've just got a neutral resting face. Neutral. Right, where's your face, mate? Yeah, neutral. But I've got a resting frown. 
don't know why. Can you burst in face, Grim Ross? He put some energy behind it. I'm pretty the podcast, podcast listeners. What kind of resting face have you got? Can you have a smiling resting face? Don't know. Anyway, on that note, let's move on to, with with the show. Um, we've got the second part of the Sam Oaks interview this week. Sam's an amazing guy. There's loads of a charity, particularly in the uh, sector of men's mental health. Uh, certainly a conversation I really enjoyed. Let's listen to part two of the interview. And you talk about, I mean, I, I talk about it in the Kindness Project book, that element of comparison just being a thief of joy. You know, it doesn't matter how much other people are earning of what they're doing. You live your life by your rules and actually make your environment as happy as possible. But that's difficult with all the messages that we get oh, there, right? Chris, it nearly, uh, it nearly took me out of the game, right? And I'll be honest with you, 12 months into not drinking and I thought I, I, I thought I'd licked it, right? Like I got my thinking back, I wasn't drinking, therefore I was going to be happier and all of that. I was obsessed. I have an obsessive mind anyway, whether it's work or whatever. I was obsessed with this idea of owning a property. And just before lockdown, I put an offer in on this house, half a million quid, right? And I thought, oh my God, my profits in my business were up. You know what, how difficult it is when you've got a business and you're trying to buy a house? Yeah. Profits yeah. were up. I was like, right, help to buy even allowed me to do it because I had owned a house previously and sold it. And I was like, half a million pound, beautiful four bedroom house in my head. It was like, that was perfect. I've made it. Lockdown came, wife lost her job and we couldn't do it. At that point, I dropped so low, so low. Because you'd attached that emotion to the property. I'd attached to it. And do you know why I attached it? Because constantly I was always looking left, looking right. That guy's got a house. That guy's got a house. To have a house symbolizes that I've made it. Not to mention that I had a little girl and I was I was I felt so less than not yeah. having this security of a home, right? Yeah. yeah. And I had to really unpick that and i did some amazing work around that and it was exactly what you said comparison i made myself physically and mentally sick constantly comparing myself to others i think there's also the, that element and, and again when i try and unpick this mentally uh, there's that element of i think particularly when you have kids wanting to Potentially, or from the security that you didn't have when you were younger, yeah, um, yeah. and that element of like so that little boy turning around and going, "You can't be, you, know, you can't be like your parents." You know, and my, as I say, I was lucky in a lot of respects um, with my mum and dad, but economically we didn't have like loads, so it was always that element of going, "Right, what do I need to do?" To and that is weird, isn't it? Because that can be a great driver, but it can also really negatively impact your your sort of your your, your own happiness. And I think getting that balance right is an interesting one driving it 100 percent drives me by the way anything like yeah. that but it drives me in, a, in it it's nothing wrong with being driven and it does drive me there's no point in driving negativity you can't yeah. it makes you sick with stress yeah and one other thing you know you said about the challenges of running a business and challenges in your life right 
one of them is that comparing yourself to others and the expectation that you think that people look at you as because you run a business that you should have it all and i was driving like you know this little seat ibiza car that i'd had for like 10 years i was living in rented accommodation i had people in my businesses that were working for me buying houses before i was so i had this feeling of inadequacy like yeah, i wasn't yeah. good enough and again it that goes back to that feeling of not being good enough but that came from that compare and despair mentality yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and how, how much do you need to continue to work on that because there's all i my experience uh, again. every single day yeah yeah so and it never goes away does it it's always that like reminder element that you need to do you it, it it will always creep in. I can't remember how many thoughts a day we have, 60,000 or something ridiculous like that, right? Mm. And most of them are completely out of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you constantly have to allow that thought to come into your head. And if it lingers, you ask for evidence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does the evidence suggest, suggest that I'm not good enough? Or, And it's then turning to one of the most powerful things that have got me through life and to where I am today, which is incredibly happy, by the way, and incredibly content, is an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, so 100%. I just go straight into, well, what have you got? And I'm like, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this. And before I know it, my cup is full up. And why do I need any more? Well, you know what? I mean, just us having a conversation on a Friday on a podcast, not down a mine in, you know, in, in <laughs> some part of the world where we're living on a dollar a day. Yes, we're we're within the one percent of the luckiest people in the world already, aren't we? Hugely lucky. We are incredibly lucky. Right. So remembering that is fundamentally important. Now, one of the things that I do want to talk about because we've had so many, we've had some brilliant guests. Um, in particular, um, uh, one that Ratz and I always talked about as a as a as an amazing guest, a guy to, called Ollie Smith, who's a journalist who um, now works for Morning Star, but at the time I interviewed him work for ZTWire. He's done some amazing work about normalising conversations about men's mental health in the financial planning profession. Definitely yeah, one yeah. to talk to for your podcast and having that having that dialogue. We learned a lot from Ollie. Um, but you know you're doing your amazing work in that respect as well, both through the business, both through the podcast, but also through Talk Club. Yes. And I know you've just become a trustee of Talk Club, so tell me a little bit about the work they do. Okay, fantastic. So trust. So yeah, I have recently become a trustee of Talk Club. Now, Talk Club are a men's mental fitness charity, all about taking action. There's been too much talking going on about the fact that men don't talk and that men don't open up and don't, you know, seek mental health. Uh, professionals when needed to and of course the stats are indicating that men are dying right mm -hmm. silence kills so talk club developed was developed to be able to bring men together in talking communities whether that's talk and golf whether that's talk and lift whether that's talk and run talk and swim all these different ways for men to get together and it's quite a simple concept it is literally you get men together and you check in you say how are you today at a 10 one being terrible, 10 being absolutely over the moon, fantastic. You then move on to another round, which is, what are you grateful for today? Give us three things that you're grateful for. The round three is, quite simply, what are you going to do today to work on your mental fitness? And round four is you check out your checkout score. So the idea is you check in and some men, and I did this yesterday at St. James's Place. I had 30 men, three different groups, people checking in on fours and fives. And some of the things they were talking about was 
insane. Like they were opening, properly opening up. But what happens here is, um, Chris, is that as you go around the room and you and you listen, because no one's allowed to rescue anybody in this scenario. This is a listening and talking club. So I might say, I'm a five. You know, I've had a stressful week. This has happened and this has happened. That then triggers the person next to them because they listen. When they listen, oxytocin gets released, the love hormone, right? We feel good when we listen to yeah. others, when we identify and we respect somebody for opening up and talking how they feel. That then empowers the next man to do the same and the next man to do the same. And what happens is this honesty starts to happen. Things start to rocks start to come out of backpacks they start to loosen up and they start to and then when you move past that why you might not be feeling so good and some men may, may be feeling great you then go into this gratitude which picks you back up again reminds you you should be grateful for things what have you got right now that can get you out of that funk that you might well be in or how can we fill up the room with your energy because you're feeling fantastic and then it's about sharing the things that you can do to work on your mental fitness to get yourself out of it without just taking some time to recharge your batteries by sitting on a chair and looking out the window and becoming mindful whether or not it's going for a cold water swim whether or not it's going for a run or connecting with friends or phoning your mum and dad up and saying i love you whatever it is you do that and people learn from each other and they get ideas and the beautiful thing that happens is when you get to that round four and people check out guess what happens their, their numbers go up mm. and the feedback you have is incredibly positive if you then mix that into where men like to hang out because men will go and get support and go and get help if it's interesting if it's engaging and it and it's and it's and it's, and it's, and it's um connected to what they enjoy so you've got five guys that love to go for a run and i do this all the time i go when i go out for a run and i talk to my, my male friends we have a we clear our minds yeah, we talk yeah. about absolutely everything and at the end of it i am so full to the brim with love and, and contentment and gratitude, it's like you you can't measure that. You can't buy that, Chris. It's like so it's, it's a talking and listening club, essentially, and that's what it's all about. So so I've I've written loads of notes. So thanks, Sam. I've got I've got loads of things to talk to you about. Number one. Um let me tell you a little story about Cass, my wife's dad. Okay. So my wife's dad is again fellow in his 70s, uh, gave up work, uh, retired. He used to work for the Bank of England, gave up work, and um, uh, then just went, retired, moved up to Scotland, and then went straight back into work because he thought, what, what's my life about if I ever got that? And that's not unusual with, with men of that generation, is it? Oh, you know, it's a challenge that we're all going to face at some point. But, but um what was interesting was that he's actually finally retired and stopped working now. And the first thing he did was join this thing called um the tool shed. Now yes. this is really this is a really interesting concept, which I love. And he says, Chris, I come along. Um, there's a bunch of blokes, similar, similar sort of fellas to me. Uh, and basically we make the excuse of making a bird cage you know, or whatever you know a, a pencil case or whatever you do clearly i wasn't that great at dnc at school Sam. Yeah. Just like, let's be clear clear about that but actually it's not about that actually it's about having an excuse and a reason to get together and just support each other do you think there's an element of men's mental health that actually involves that proactivity and the need to to, to do something so that we're not because women don't seem to to need that, do they? They can actually talk. How, where do you think that's different for blokes? 
I think men men are inherently um, we we need to fix things. I think we like the idea of fixing things, right? We like the idea of being hands on with something. So this is why that talk club works so well, and and why your father in law has experienced it so much with the, it was your father in law, wasn't it, with the talk club? Yeah, yeah, is that bringing men together to do an activity of interest one being fitness which kind of ticks the box of masculinity right you know for some people mm. is it's ticking that box it's, it's another thing that you can do whilst you're talking about how you feel so it it, it it opens you up and men do tend to work well together they tend to be quite collaborative and that's when we do get on is when we feel like we're connecting with men that's one of the things you know i i do and i think inherently again it's only been recently that men spend so much time on their own. Previously, we were very tribal individuals, individuals that worked in packs and we went out and we hunted together and built together and we fished together. We did that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, right? It's only recently that we sat in our bloody houses watching Netflix next to a bloody a wife or a partner or whatever and only go to see our mates down the pub when we get drunk. This is the other interesting thing. It's that it's that and again, certainly, certainly one in the sort of business community over the last 30 to 40 years, individualism is where it's at. Greed is good. You know, it's all about you. And in reality, we're not designed to do that. We're designed to be collective, supportive members of a community where yeah. it isn't about how much wealth you can, can, can accumulate. It's about what you can do to have a positive impact whilst making sure you look after your family and doing the other stuff. So it's really, really interesting. Now, you're right. I, I completely agree with you, uh, Sam. The bit that's really interesting is we are practical by nature. So within Talk Club, because when you were talking about that, one thing that came to mind is, and I've been guilty of this, I think I still am at uh, you know, particular points in my life, um, is wanting to jump to a solution. <laughs> like, right, I've heard what you said. I'm going to fix that by telling you what to do. Clearly, that's not the way these problems are solved. You know, I, I know that. But how do you create that environment where that that that's that's avoided? It's community again. It's building relationship, yeah. um, and it's the um... <sighs> mental health is. If you if you suffer from this is a mental fitness program right it's it's a simple design and anyone can do it anywhere at any time you can do it in your in your business we do it in our business you know bring people into a room how are you out of ten I think it's very difficult you you have to be accepting of the fact that if you're working on your mental fitness like if you go to the gym right you want a six pack and you want great big shoulders and you want great big biceps now you might want to jump straight to that chris and hopefully have that by the end of the week but we know the reality of that happening is absolutely rubbish you right? it's not going to happen there's no quick there's no quick fix for getting big muscles it's, it's lifting weights and it's eating right yeah simple as that and it's exactly the same with the mental fitness side of it and what we do, you do at tool club is you do say that you know this is a design for living this is a design to uh, a process for living a, a way for you to manage your emotions now you can do this sort of thing on your own or if you can't do it on your own you can come into a community of individuals that feel the same way you did and you can support each other through it and that's how you get it across in the sense that there is no quick fix there is no pill there is no quick fix for this yeah amazing you amazing. have to work on it 
that was part two of the interview. Uh, let me thank Sam for that. Uh, we've got part three coming up next week. Yeah. Let's revisit. Now the interview's done. <laughs> do the jingle, Charlotte. Do the jingle. Steak and kidney watch. I watch. Right, right, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Steak and kidney pie watch. How's your steak and kidney pie, Russ? Well, uh, this way, I'm going to have to get the paddles out and give it a butter. <laughs> <laughs> Can you resuscitate and kidney pie? Um, and on that note, ladies and gents, tis the end. Tis the end. end of another podcast, but the end is never true to the end, because the end is always the beginning of something entirely new. <laughs> And that new thing has been joke of the week. <gasps> I forgot. I forgot. Oh, Have no. some banter. Rush, check your pie again. <laughs> check your pie, Rush. <laughs> uh, uh, check your pie while Charlotte's trying to Google a joke. <laughs> but I said your pie. My pie's fine. It's collapsed now. Oh no! Under the strain of how cold it is. Right. Okay. So, is your so your pie is uh, collapsed? Is it? Literally, I had two mouthfuls of the pie, and then you messaged to say, "Oh, can we do early?" When I messaged you four times yesterday to say, "Are you going to be alright for three o'clock?" <laughs> I was right for 3 o'clock. I, I was better hear, for 2.30. I didn't hear a dicky bird out of you. And then today, you're like, as soon as I've sat down for my dinner, thinking 3 o'clock, straight away, you're like on the WhatsApp. I went to the shop because I thought we were doing 3. Exactly. <laughs> what did you get in the shop? Just some iron brews and uh, <laughs> some milk. Tell me you got a steak and kid kidney pie. No, I don't like... I don't... Here's my joke of the week. I'm, I'm having a joke of the week this week. Man walks into a chip shop and he says, um, I'd like a steak and kiddly pie, please. Um, the man in the chip shop says, um, sorry, do you mean a steak and kidney pie? And the, uh, the man says, that's what I said, didn't I? That's right, okay. That's the only steak and kidney pie joke I could find on, on Google. So I thought. What do you call that. a religious person who sleepwalks? Don't know. A Roman Catholic. <laughs> that were bad. On that note, this is the end of another podcast. I'm, I had this like four start... more queued up in case you didn't laugh. I was ready. I was going to break this. No, we, we're having that one. She's the start of Russell's actual dinner. That's a good one. Roman Catholic. Good. Roman Catholic. Start of Russell's actually actual dinner. Have a lovely remainder of the week. And we will see you, my friends, on the Steak and Kidney Project <laughs> very soon. Bye. Bye.